0: Keep on talking in the free world. This is Talk That Talk, the official fan reaction show before and after every Blue Jays game all year long, all 162 games. What is your level of concern with the Toronto Blue Jays pitching? That is the question. That's the question we're asking. That's the question that we're going to be asking, I think, all season so now the jays fall to three and two this is tuesday april 12th game five of 162 game two of a four-game series against the new york yankees in the bronx the boogie down bronx before we get uh before we get into it uh on a more serious note and uh a heartbreaking note is that my thoughts and prayers and everyone's thoughts and prayers hopefully are with uh, new york city uh with brooklyn and just the horrific the, the horrific scene in the subway today heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking um I off the hook broadcast live from downtown Toronto I take the subway taking the subway my whole life and swear by the subway and uh, don't own a car don't have a driver's license never will don't want to and it's scary it's scary it's heartbreaking and thoughts and prayers go out to New York City Brooklyn all of the people impacted by that horrific scene and all their friends and family. And of course it's always hard to, there is no pivoting from something like that. There is no, you know, let's have some fun talk baseball what have you. So you're always caught between a rock and a hard place because you want to make sure that you're respectful, I speak from the heart which I do and acknowledge something that is on my mind and that is uh, I mean and we're playing in New York on top of it even if we weren't it would have been something that uh, I would have brought up but uh there is no there is no way to pivot but I'd rather say my piece about it and then respectfully we move in talk baseball knowing that obviously you know anything that we do pales in comparison to the importance of what other things are going on in the world that being said again thoughts and prayers are with everybody involved and thankfully from what i read uh that there were no fatalities okay so again with all due respect we're going to talk some baseball uh Darren Churchill, I appreciate you joining us on Talk That Talk. Uh, you want if you want to say anything, let me know, and uh, feel free to drop anything you want in the comments. Love having you in here, man. Appreciate it. So, you know, like I was saying, is that so? This was Game Five of 162. Now we're three and two, and okay. So the question, day in and day out. I believe, is not going to change. Uh, I don't believe this narrative is going to change. What is your level of concern with the Toronto Blue Jays pitching? There are a lot of trains of thought. You know, Joe Siddle, who, you know, I love everybody that has anything to do with the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays do a phenomenal, phenomenal job with everyone involved in the media. But Joe Siddle has said um, that because we had an abbreviated spring training and... Spring training is most important to pitching, especially starting pitching, for them to really get into the routine, to really get settled in, to really find their groove that it was and it is going to impact them the most. So you're seeing essentially spring training performances from starting pitching where they're not really in their groove yet so you're going to see things like this now he uh, he didn't say this today but he said this the other day and joe siddle obviously knows the game inside and out and whether someone knows the game inside or out doesn't mean we're going to agree or disagree i'm just saying is that you know he's speaking from a place of knowledge and it's a valid point it is a valid point how valid i don't know and how long Two starts, I said this last talk, that talk. Two starts, three starts, how long? And not even how long, what then? Everybody that had anything to do with the media just kept repeating over and over and over again, and are still repeating it, that the Blue Jays have the best starting rotation in the American League, possibly MLB. And I said going into it, you, A, you could never have enough pitching. B, this we are going. We I still believe we're winning the World Series. However, again, I will say this day in and day out, not with this pitching staff. I said this before the season began. When you just looked at it from the outside looking in, but before the season even started, Brios was, Anyway, I'm not going to go through the whole laundry list right now. The point is, is that I got to stop myself. The point is this. i So now we see Kikuchi for the first time. And like I said, Gossman and Kikuchi are really going to have to lean heavily on Pete Walker. That's what his specialty is, is when we bring new pitchers in to be able to get them to get their emperor's new groove back and to sort of identify things that might have went wrong where they were at previously and make some corrections and give his input and his magic dust, if you will, to get them where they need to be. They had a great stat on Kikuchi. I don't know if it was great, but it was interesting. On Kikuchi from last year is his season split. First half of the season, an all-star. And then the second half of the season, the stats were horrible. It was a 180. And then Joe Siddle said, no, I think Tabby said, Tabby said that uh, Pat Tabler said that When he sees something like that, a dramatic 180, the first thing that he thinks of is that maybe he was tipping his pitches. So maybe, you know, as the season went on and, you know, everything, there's tape upon tape upon tape, is that everyone was studying it and his pitches were tipped and they were able to identify what pitches were coming or, you know, be better prepared for what he was going to throw. And that's what turned it around. I tend to think that's, you know, Makes sense to me. However, again, whether that was it or not, that was speculation on Tabler's behalf. But certainly if it was, Pete Walker will identify it and correct it. So I don't like the delay. I don't like the delay delivery. Uh, I don't. Now, I know this is how Kikuchi pitches, but it used to get on my nerves when Stroman changed up and he tried to implement that into his delivery every now and again. Quick pitch or delay... Anyway, it was nonsense when he was uh, going on with it. But for Kikuchi, this is the way he pitches. I'm just saying from a personal standpoint, the delivery, uh, I don't love it. And he got a lot of those balls were hit hard. You know, uh, oh, my Lord, it's a made a great, made a great grab. I'm going to go back to my notes now, just sort of shooting from the hip, but uh, my initial reaction from the game. But, you know, a lot of those balls were hard hit and warning track balls, good contact, and uh, they made a good point, though, is that the home run, the home run at the Rogers Center wouldn't have went out. They asked, you know, Buck mentioned when people ask him, what do you think of the new Yankee stadium? He said, it's a nice stadium. It's just too small. He thinks it's unfair for the pitchers and it's just too small. The balls go out, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you know what Yankee, that's good for the, what's good for the goose is good for the gander that we also have that advantage there when we're playing them head to head. So the balls were hit hard. And again, there were some good defensive plays just to get this guy to three, just over three innings pitched. Right. Uh, 84 pitches three and a third 84 84 pitches three and a third from your starting pitcher this is what we're you know uh, again we'll wait for a couple more starts but my question to everybody again is what's the level of concern for the starting rotation and this is with everybody healthy what happens when inevitably one of them get injured which they will then what? We saw Ryu get hit in the leg last game. Then what happens? There's nobody coming to save the day from... Stripling is not saving the day. You know, for people who think, okay, they could stretch him out and then, you know, he'll, there's there's going to be issues. What's going to save the day, so you're not all of a sudden, if, if starting pitchers get injured... Or, you know, they don't perform the way that we want them to perform. What is going to save the day and what does give me reason for optimism is your bullpen. The bullpen, again, there's lots of issues. But you can trade for a long reliever or a couple of them in the bullpen at any point in time in the season. And it's not necessarily going to be the the best long reliever since sliced bread. But you can find pitchers to trade for, to come out of the bullpen, and then if if you're going to have issues with your starting rotation and they're not going to be able to go long innings, some of them are, some of them aren't, but there's going to be, you know, inconsistent performances, then you have a couple solid long relievers in the bullpen to come out of there and to be able to pick up the slack when these guys have to make early exits and to bridge the gap between the starting pitchers and the closers. This is where I'm at. So... I think that we're going to continue to see struggles with the starting pitching and short outings. I don't think it's going to always be the case, but I think it's going to be a common enough theme. And I think that the solution will be a couple long relieve a couple long relievers in the bullpen that are really going to be able to carry loads in uh, day in day out, game in game out. And I'm expecting to see that, and we will see that. They will do that. That is going to happen. And again, I mean, this has nothing to do with tonight's game, but you can't expect Jordan Romano. Everybody loves Romano to take us through right to the end of the World Series from the beginning of the season, right through the end. As much as I love the guy, like I don't believe he's capable of that. You're going, he's going to need some, well, A, he's going to inevitably get injured. And then B, is that, is is that really something that he's able to do? It's nothing against Jordan Ramon. Do I think he can be a contributing factor to it? Yes. Do I think he can do it completely on his own? No, I do not. Going back to the top, I spoke about uh, the split with Kikuchi, but uh, Springer, you you know, I know Sid Sixero, uh, Swish LA Sid. uh, I got got love for Sid Sixero. I got love for Sid Sixero. Uh, you know, like, uh, like everyone, I, I, I repeat, I don't love everything about myself, so I certainly don't love everything about everybody else. Uh, Swish LA Sid uh, was piping up on Twitter, talking about a couple times now, saying that George Springer is the most important Blue Jay. I, I, that is not true, in my opinion. I don't believe that to be true. I believe that uh, I believe the most important Blue Jay, in the end, the one that's going to make sure that, you know, Things don't go off the rails is Alec Manoa because you know you're going to need you're going to need, you need an ace and he is the ace he's the de facto ace in my opinion and that's going to be the most important piece when it's all said and done as far as getting to the end I believe anyway so but Springer's on fire. Here's the problem, though. Springer's injury prone. And I know I'll keep talking, you know, keep putting, don't want to put that out into the universe, but he is injury prone. He's an injury prone guy. So, and, you know, inevitably he's going to go down. And if he's the bat, but I will say this I mean, for a leadoff hitter, he's consistent. Another two hits tonight. And, you know, God willing, if he can stay healthy, at least for the bulk of the season, and they they utilize him. And I know he doesn't like to DH. I know no one, you know, none of the guys like to DH. And, Of course, everyone wants to be on the field. But he's an injury-prone guy. Well, he was last year. And he's in a high-intensity position at center field. Lots of running, lots of diving. He's fearless. So, I mean, his body's going to take some bumps and bruises. And we need him, man. We need him at the top of the lineup. Like, especially LA City is not completely uh, off-base. There's an argument. There's an argument that Costanza, a.k.a. George Springer, could be the most important Blue Jay. There's an argument that Vladdy Guerrero could be the most important Blue Jay. People would say that it has to be an out player because they're there every game, whereas the pitcher's only there once every five games. But the thing is, is that once you come down to the stretch, all the big games, the massive games that you need to win, and then when you go into the playoffs and the playoff games, and then when they shorten the rotation, and then certainly if you want to make a World Series run, you need the pitching. The defense collectively as a team... And and then defensively, you know, is is Chapman the most important? Is Bobichette the most important? Is Vladi the most important picking him off at the at first base? But there's not as many Aaron throws as there as there was last year. So, you know, defensively there's a case to be made there. But the big games, Alec Manoa is gonna be who who we're riding with, I think, to get the job done and see us through to the end as the most important blue jay. But Springer's on fire. On fire. 2 for 4. He's consistent. You know, he he's he see he's he's been around. He's you know, he's a World Series champion. He's consistent. Consistently hitting, consistently getting on base, home runs and hitting for average and of course defensively uh uh, and he plays a good center field. He is extremely important and the leadoff position. He looked get, good again tonight. You know, the it, right in the first inning, there was a bad call, the low pitch. The, we need electronic strike zones. We need electronic strike zones. We do. Zones. Uh, it's coming. We need it. And I know we know everyone's strike zone is different. different and they're saying the logistics. We've been to the moon. So certainly uh, if I can hold this phone in my hand right now and do this podcast live and it's all blasted out all over the world and then we load it up there and put it on as a catalog podcast on Off the Hook on Spotify, uh, certainly they'll figure out a moving, a moving strike zone for each individual player. Not to worry, people. They'll figure it out. So in the meantime and in between time, Vladdy was on ha- that pitch was low. It was outside the strike zone, bad call. And there were lots of calls tonight where they're outside the strike zone. But uh, I don't know when it was. I'll come across it through my notes. But later on in the game, Kikuchi got the same call. He got the same call, low pitch. I believe it was Kikuchi. We got the same call anyway, but I believe it was him. Got the same call, exact same ball to one of the Yankee hitters, exact same position, called strike. So, I don't know for what it's worth when you're consistently bad or consistently calling strikes outside the strike zone. I don't know if there's any merit to that, but at the very least, if you're going to be bad, be consistently bad. We had the, the little Springer with the leadoff double and then, uh, and then stole the base. Right. So what was interesting too, is that last game was the first time the Yankees were shut out since we did it last year in September. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I love I love going to the I love being in the AL East. I know a lot of people complain about it because we're in there with uh, with the Yankees and the Red Sox. And I mean, now the talent that Tampa Bay consistently pumps out year in and year out, and the machine that their organization is. But you know, we're in there with the big spenders, with the Yankees and Red Sox. I love it. You know, the world's attention is on the Yankees, the most popular team in baseball, and of course, the Red Sox are you know, extremely popular. And then the rivalry with the Yankees and the Red Sox, I would rather be nowhere else. We're right in the limelight, playing the big teams. We're, we're a big team. We've got our couple world series under our belts. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. You got Josh Donaldson leading off tonight. Uh, the grab by, uh, the grab by, who made that grab? Lordus. Oh my, Lourdes. It's a guerrilla. The grab he makes, puts his foot on, puts his foot on the wall, gets a tip of the cap from Kikuchi. And then, was that what I was talking about? Yes, there was that Grab. Doesn't take his eyes off of it. What a grab by, uh, oh, my Lord, it's a girl. That's what it was. And then then when uh, Josh Donaldson got the stop sign coming around third base, then saw T. Oscar, Big Daddy Kane, bobbled it a little bit and then decided he was going to, he slowed down and then picked up his run again and thought he was going to give it a crack and got, what an arm, just completely stopped dead in his tracks. At home, at home plate. He thought he was going to have a little throwback to the Jays when he had his uh, sliding moment with the Jays back in 2015. <laughs> Not going to happen in a Yankees uniform. And Tioscar had a good laugh about that. Pimpin' ain't easy. Big Daddy Kane. He had a good laugh about that. I enjoyed that. Teoscar is the man. He is the man. I mean, what a cannon. Top of the second, we had... Well, we had, uh, well went to Hazel May. They, they talked about, again, last year, how many people could not complain about Bo Nose and his defense over and over and over again? People wanted to move from shortstop. They complained over and over and over again all season. Yeah, and again, I was an advocate of he's gonna he's a hard worker. He says all the right things when he's being interviewed, and you knew, and he's athletic enough and talented enough, you knew he was going to get there. And then they had a Hazel gave us some good information about uh, third base coach uh, Rivera saying that, you know, obviously everyone knows how much work he's done with the infielders, and especially Bo, and just basically raving about that backhanded play that saved the runs. So that was probably the most important play of last game, was when. Chapman laid out, missed it, and then ironically enough, that you know, that was the whole storyline. Chapman coming in. He's gonna be able to cover the he's gonna be able to cover the space between third and second, going towards second, to try to take the pressure off of Bo's backhanded plays, which is where he struggles with. And then that was that exact situation. Bo backhands that and then fires it over there. Anyway, the point was was that uh it was good information and then Also saying that, uh, I don't know if it was then or later on in the game, talking about how Charlie said that he changed up the warm-up routine for the Jays. You know, when they go to do their warm-up pregame, it's defensive warm-up first. Taking ground balls, practicing defense, routine plays, and then they do the hit, and then they get in the cage, which I think is fantastic. Uh, Charlie preaches pitching and defense. You know, uh, again... I appreciate anyone with a plan that identifies using their knowledge and their research, what they believe to be the best way forward. And then they stick to it and they implement their plan accordingly, you know, and they make the necessary changes and, you know, it's confidence and execution. Charlie has that. Charlie might appear to be a mild, mild mannered guy, but I mean, he understands what's going on. He's an excellent manager and, I love the fact that he made that change. We had, uh, this is when the opposite, uh, the oppo taco for the Yankees, just over, just over teoscar's Oscar's head. That's the one that I said that wouldn't have been out in the Rogers center, but that's neither here nor there. It doesn't make a difference because we're hitting in the Yankee, we're hitting in Yankee stadium too. So regardless, uh, it benefits both of us. Well, Buck touched on again, which I've said many times. Buck said many times. Lots of people have said many times about how, you know, the Jays are good at sharing information in the dugout. Um, after the first inning, he was expecting to heat up a little bit because, you know, a second time through the order, everyone's sharing information and intel, if you will, on what they're seeing up there from the picture. It didn't work out so good for us tonight. They had Phelps in. So we had... We had... Uh, Alejandro Kirk, Chubb Rock, get a hit, uh, infield, sorry, it, it, the pitcher ended up, uh, was it a toss to the pitcher? The pitcher tossed to first baseman, I can't remember, and ran ahead of him and just got, just tagged him out, like stepped on the bag as he was jogging down the line. Now, he doesn't put much effort into coming down the line. I'd love to know what everyone thinks about this. I mean, you know, he's just sauntering down there, and he just got beat out. So if he had to put a little effort into it, would he have been safe? There's a debate. Possibly he would have been safe. I don't think I'm overanalyzing it. I don't like the vibe. Later on in the game, same saunter, if you will, saunter might be a mild exaggeration, but still, not the all-out effort you'd like to see coming down the first baseline. Remember, who was it? I think it was Bryce Harper when he was in Washington, and uh, he did that. And then I think Papelbon was the one who called him out on it when he came into the dugout, and Bryce Harper was basically like, piss off, and then that's when Papelbon grabbed him by the throat and slammed him up against the wall. Of course, Bryce Harper didn't retaliate, or else he would have got banged out. But the point is is that, you know, it's not a good look. So it happened later in the game, same saunter, Josh Dawson had a wild throw, and he ended up being safe. Uh, this is why you... And it wasn't because he gave full effort. I'm just saying a wild pitch happened. He ended up being safe, despite the fact that he wasn't given full effort down the first baseline. So it, things happen. You got to give more of an effort. You got to give more of an effort running down that first baseline. I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see moving forward if that's identified by... Char- I know Charlie isn't going to identify it, but if he's really... How important that is to Charlie. I know effort is important to Charlie, but are they going to say, yeah, well, you know... Kirk's not in the best position best shape that anyone can be in so do we really want him blasting down the line and then possibly getting injured but I mean Jesus how sensitive are baseball players that you know that that's even a conversation and I know that is a conversation so we shall see that was something that didn't sit well with me then we had money mayweather come in for us then we had Mesa coming in lefty on lefty against Rizzo they uh I already talked about Charlie talking about. Uh, how he changed up the routine. We had Castro come in. People remember, and they talked about it here when Castro was with us. He was actually, they mentioned it tonight, he was ahead of Osuna on the pecking order uh, as far as the closer, and they had to choose. And anyway, they rolled with Osuna and got rid of Castro. Interesting. And this is when, uh, just going through my notes now, I believe it was when this, and I believe it was the the top of the seventh when Kirk... When the Donaldson had the wild throw and Kirk Kirk was on base, then we had Anthony Kay coming in. So they said that you know the plan was they were stretching him out in the spring to get him to start in Triple A, and then when Jansen went down, they brought him up, sent Salcedo down, and. Anyway, interesting. uh, Anthony K is not our solution to the starting rotation, nor is Ross Stripling. But these are two guys that you might see in that scenario based on the fact that we're going to face injuries in our starting rotation. Something to look for. This was a another thing. T- labor Torres fooling around on second with nobody out. Tabby called him out on it. Buck Martinez called him out on it. Tabby was talking about he was dancing on there. What the fuck was this guy doing? I don't know. It doesn't bother me because it was helping us. But they were saying that Aaron Hicks was probably pissed off about it. And, and uh, Kay ended up getting Anthony. Uh, Kay ended up getting Aaron Hicks out. And Torres was doing that. He was a leadoff hitter, I believe, so he was doing that on second with no outs the whole time. Once Espinal called for the pickoff, Anthony K spun around. Lucky for Anthony K again, Santiago, his defense and his offense, obviously. But again, when he called for that, his awareness called for the pickoff move. Anthony K spun around, it was a wild throw. And, and it was a one-hopper. I mean, you know, they didn't really make a big deal about it on the broadcast, but it was a big deal. He had to pick that ball off the off the dirt on the one-hop. Then he even tried to lay the tag. To, you know, the throw was too bad to lay the tag. If the throw had been accurate, he would have tagged him out. But the point was is that he saved what could have been uh, Torres going to third. And then who knows, maybe even making a run for home, depending on how fast or slow that ball dribbled out into the outfield and who could get to it in time. Later on, they called for Espinal called for it again, and this time it was an excellent throw by K. But Torres got back in time. They gave us a stat on Gabrielle uh, Moreno' AAA debut with Buffalo Bisons five at-bats, two hits, one RBI, threw out a runner, and his hits were all off Aaron Sanchez. I was never a fan of Aaron Sanchez. I shouldn't say that. The one year when we made the run, and then, you know, he was pissing and bawling about being a starter when really, you know, the benefit for us was him pitching in the eighth, lights out for us, getting us to the ninth. And that's where I wanted them. And that's where he was. And that's where he excelled. And then, you know, he hooked up with Boris. And then, uh, I don't know, they were putting all the pressure on the Jays. Didn't work out. And then the, he was injured a, a million times with the hangnail or whatever was going on with his finger. And, you know, that would have been, I don't know. I always think to myself, if he, they had, a, if they had a negotiated differently, Aaron Sanchez, thankfully they didn't, saved us money in a contract. Then he probably would have got a decent contract. I got a feeling they were going for the gusto with Scott Boris. And then the injuries caught up with him. And now, I mean, I don't wish you a will on anyone. I hope you know hope he makes it back to the show and gets some money under his belt for the time and effort he's put in for his entire life and has some more success to get paid. But, you know, he's in AAA now, and our boy Gabriel Moran was lighting him up. We went to the top of the eighth. We got Springer again uh, with another hit. Bo ended up both struggling. So Bo ended up getting a hit that uh, dropped into shallow in the shallow outfield, but Bo struggling at the plate. What I commend Bo for is that his defense has not been impacted by it. You know, Bo even though he's got the bow flow going and people want to call him a pretty boy out there. He's got his hard hat on. He's got his hard hat on. He goes to work. He puts in work. He's constantly improving. He puts, keeps his head down, getting better weekend and week. I took a lot of criticism last year, a lot of criticism for his defense stuck to his guns, stuck to his guns so much and the Jays stuck to their guns so much that despite all the criticism that Bo Bichette got for his defense, they brought in a shortstop at Marcus Simeon and, and told Marcus Simeon, well, told, told they worked it out that Marcus Simeon was going to play second, despite the fact that Bo was struggling at shortstop. And that's how much confidence the team had in him. And look, it's paying off it's paying dividends now with both uh, back couple backhanded plays, a double play uh, using his legs. They commented tonight, uh, uh, Rivera said, you know, Bo is really losing his legs more, which is helping him. And he's been working hard, obviously. So I commend Bo for his defense not suffering at all. In fact, improving game in and game out. Highlight real place, despite the fact that he's struggling at the place. And you know, there's always a lot of talk around the Blue Jays swinging at the first pitch. I touched on that yesterday. There's going to be a year long. There's going to be a year long debate on that. And you know, like Vladdy tonight swinging at the first pitch, representing the tie tying run, and he swung at the first pitch, and that was the final out. Two on, we're down three nothing. Two outs, Vladdy up, swings at the first pitch, done. So, how does everyone feel about that? How concerned, how irritated, how frustrated, how content, how happy, how angry are you with the Blue Jays swinging at the first pitch regularly, knowing that they have the most successful stats in Major League Baseball from last year swinging at the first pitch? Does it still get on your nerves? Are the optics just too much to bear in those scenarios? You know, human nature, we all want everyone to settle in and take their time, look for the right pitch, not just one and done. And then when they hit a bomb, everyone's happy. It's hard to say. Um, You can't deny the fact that they've had success. Me personally, I don't like it. I'm not losing my mind. I used to, but they did have some success with last year with it, but I don't like it. If I had a choice, I don't want you swinging at the, I'm not saying you could never swing at the first pitch, but consistently, I don't like it. And especially in a scenario where two on, you're the tying run. I'd rather see you settle into the at-bat, me personally. My point was, was that, Bo's been swinging out of his socks, swinging out of his shoes, however the saying goes, more than once over these last few games while he's struggling a little bit. It was nice to see him get that single that dropped in. I mean, he fought a pitch off, uh, you know, a little bit of luck, but little, you little know, skill as well. But it dropped in over the second baseman, and he got on. So let's see how that affects Bo moving forward. That was it. That was it. Right? That was Springer got the single. That was in the top of the eight. Bo fought it off, got on, and that's when Vlady came up with two outs and swung at the first pitch. They went to Blue Jay Central, had an interlude with Joe Siddle talking about, you know, this is 2022 baseball. Cortez from the Yankees was rolling along early on, I think in the fourth inning, fourth and a third, I can't remember now, and uh, hadn't given up any runs, and they took him out. You know, that could have benefited us, but of course, in the you know the Jan- Yankees have a great bullpen. So this is 2022 baseball. It didn't have a lot of pitches, wasn't getting hit, and pulled. If it was the other way around, and it was on our team, people would be freaking out, myself included. Now you could argue, of course, that not argue the Yankees bullpen is better than ours. So if we had their bullpen, would that would be acceptable to us? Then we went to the bottom of the eighth. So here's the situation now is what is everyone? The question is, should Charlie have intentionally walked Stanton to load the bases to put us in a double play situation? Right, to try to contain the runs. And then Buck made a great point. I tend to agree with Buck on this one. Is that, yes, okay, so you make that play and then you have a situation where, It sets up the double play. Whether it works or not remains to be seen, but that's the baseball move. However, the other train of thought, like Buck brought up, was that Stanton has, you know, statistically, there's more chance of Stanton striking out. So you pitch to him especially after Anthony Kay had gotten a strikeout in that inning, I believe already. And he started off the inning 0-2 to Donaldson. Donaldson fought back and got the walk, but, you know, he was, he struck out, he struck out Rizzo. H to the Rizzo. I like the call. We'll see what everyone online is pissing the ball in the boat, but I like the call. This is Talk That Talk, the official fan reaction show. Before and after every Blue Jays game, phone lines are open taking your calls for everybody that's a Toronto Blue Jays fan before and after every game we want to do a recap beforehand of what happened the game before what we're looking forward to to the upcoming game see how we feel about the lineup and then of course after the game everyone's thoughts reactions and posing questions on Twitter follow off the hook on Twitter at the signal is busy so we can get on here and discuss after every game so like that, that, that's pretty much, you know, how we wound down. That was the big discussion, the big talking point, even though it wouldn't have mattered in the end uh, as far as well, us not putting up any runs. So with whether they walk Stanton or not. I like the call, though. Bats are not always going to be hot. This is what we're saying is that Pitching and defense, defense and pitching, pitching and defense. This is what Charlie Montoyo preaches. This is what everyone who knows baseball knows. You have to have pitching and defense to win a World Series. You're not going to put up eight runs every single game. We couldn't even put up one run tonight. And our lineup is terrifying, supposedly. And it is terrifying when they're hot. But what negates a terrifying lineup? Pitching. And the Yankees had the pitching on the other side today. So that's the point. We had a terrifying lineup in 2015. In the end, what caught up with us? Pitching on the other side. So that's why we need the pitching in order to win the World Series and certainly enable it to make sure we get into the playoffs and to make sure the season goes the way we want it to go. In the boogie down Bronx, Tuesday... April twelfth series is tied up one apiece. This is a four game series, two games left, game five of one sixty-two. Blue Jays are now three and two. Tomorrow we go back to the start to the top of the rotation. Big game for Nate Diaz. AKA Jose Barrios. Big game. Home opener season home opener first sellout home opener in Toronto since 2019 or 18 I can't remember I believe it was 2019 now they were saying and he doesn't get out of the first fucking inning and this is our ace and I'm not dogging I'm not dogging Nate Diaz I'm just calling it like it is and he didn't get out of the first inning and now you're in Yankee Stadium in the Bronx Series tied one apiece? We don't want to go fall to five hundred and you're coming off of that performance in the first game? Big, big game for Nate Diaz. And to quote Nate, what's the what's the plan? What's the plan, Nate? To quote Nate Diaz, what's the plan? What's the plan, Nate? Plan is to go in there, hit him with some shit, don't get hit, and come home with a pocket full of cash. This is Talk That Talk, the official fan reaction show before and after every Toronto Blue Jays game. Always remember, keep on talking in the free world.